Welcome to the St. Jose Maria Institute podcast. Did you know that listeners like you are helping to make these podcasts possible? Let us know that our podcasts are important to you by showing your support today. Visit stjosemaria.org slash give. Today in the podcast, Becoming Leaven for the World. Father Peter Armenio, a priest of Opus Dei, encourages us to be contemplatives in the middle of the world and explains why prayer is an essential ingredient if we are to be leavened for the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for We begin our day of recollection with the topic of life of prayer. Even though that seems to be the standard topic of all the meditations. Let's begin with a couple of quotations from St. Jose Maria. He says, If you are another Christ, if you behave as a son of God, you will set things alight no matter where you are. Christ enkindles all hearts, leaving none indifferent. This sounds wonderful, but what is the help menu? How do I do it? How do I become that of the Christ. St. Jose Maria says in the way, if you're not a man of prayer, I don't believe in the sincerity of your intentions when you say that you work for Christ. Sanctity without prayer, I don't believe in such sanctity. Why this heavy emphasis on prayer? This incident that happened to the father, the present father who has passed away, when Saint Jose Maria, in a charismatic moment, pulled him aside out of the blue told him, Javi, the only arm we have, the only means we have in Opus Day is prayer. He said, even if we have all the human means, we don't have anything without prayer. In the history of the church, when the Roman Empire fell, 
the empire was in disarray and the church was taking a big hit. And the environment was, became very worldly, very hedonistic. People were looking for escape because of the destabilization of society. And what brought strength back to the church, and not only strength in the church, but transmitted the gospel to others, i.e., the barbarian hordes that caused the empire to collapse. They were the immediate fruits of this new movement called monasticism. And what was at the heart of this monasticism? I know it's not our calling. But what was at the heart of it? Why was there a transformation? Why were there so many conversions of these barbarian hordes? Because these men and women totally dedicated to God, totally focused on prayer, were contemplatives. Contempl they left the world to be contemplative. What does contemplative mean? A more focused relationship with Christ, an ongoing relationship with Christ, as we studied in the history of the church. The schedule was put together so that there was a steady life of prayer. We asked the question meditatively, why did that lifestyle transform the world? How did that lifestyle attract these pagans to the gospel, creating a Christian culture? not only saving Western civilization, but elevating it. There's nothing like it. Not because Western civilization is anything special, but because of the deep Christian roots. Our Lord sheds light and also defines our Christian vocation in his parable of the leaven in the mass. He then told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and buried in three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. When I was a little kid, when the spirit moved her, my grandmother would make enough pizza to last for a couple of months. 
and she'd spend a couple of days doing it. And leaven was an important part of making this pizza. It was a Sicilian pizza, so it was thick crust, not thin crust. And she'd put that yeast in the dough. She'd have batches of dough, maybe 10 batches of dough in bowls. And she said, don't shake the table, but if you want, you could watch that dough rise and be transformed. And it would even give off heat. Heat would come off the dough if it was really good yeast. And so you'd have this, this small ball of dough and it'd just kind of inflate and create a, a, a delicious texture make it more tender, make it more edible, make it more tasty. But it would take a little while. It had, had to be mixed in before the leaven or the yeast took effect. And our Lord explains the mystery of evangelization of the kingdom by saying that the evangelizer is the leaven. And we notice his images are all, always automatic. If, you, if you're a light, no matter how dark the darkness is, the light is going to illuminate the darkness. The light is always more powerful than the, than the darkness. I mean, it's, it would be absurd to be afraid that if I turn the light, maybe it's so dark in the room that the light won't illuminate anything. No, the light always illuminates. And salt always enhances taste. Always. And leaven always has that effect. And so our Lord is telling us, not only should we evangelize, we have to be a witness of evangelization. Our presence evangelizes. Our apostolate is all about our presence. Our presence does something to others. It attracts people to Christ, perhaps implicitly, if they appreciate our affection, appreciate our friendship, appreciate our joy. Well, they're being attracted to Christ because Christ is essentially joy. He's everlasting life. He's the incarnation of joy because he is love. And love is one of the fruits. Thomas Aquinas says that the chief fruit of charity is joy. And contemplation makes us that leaven. It's that simple and that challenging. Because what does prayer do? Prayer connects us with the heart of Christ, inserts us into the heart of Christ. It's flipping a switch. So we're connected with the power source and participate in his light like this lamp right here. And it bears reflection. <clears throat> 
it kind of explains another charismatic moment marked by sobbing in those early days of Opus Dei when a student residence was being constructed in Spain and Madrid and the women of Opus Dei trying to create a home atmosphere like we have here. We call them the administration. And they are fit to be tied because the workers are not finishing on time. They're tracking in mud. They can't cook properly. They can't be punctual. All these problems that occur when you're trying to finish a building. And you're trying to use the building before it's finished. Okay. So they corner Jose Maria Escriva and complain to him that they can't do their work properly. They can't be professional. And the workers are not sensitive to their needs to put food on the table, to clean the house, etc. And these workers are creating extra work for them. And they're behind schedule. And I could imagine St. Jose Maria, you know, uh-huh, right, right, right. Okay. Trying to listen, trying to pay attention, trying to empathize. When you, when you have, had seen what he saw with all the problems he's run into, I'm sure that he was being polite and nodding in agreement that it's unfortunate that they're having these little problems. But they definitely pushed a hot button and said, well, we don't have time for the prayer. And he burst into tears. Very uncharacteristic an individual who is naturally tough, or he's been toughened up by the difficulties of his life, and he has to leave the room to compose himself. He returns and says, more or less paraphrasing, the game's over if you, if, if you stop praying. This won't work. This can't be. And then he kind of counseled them on how to make sure that the prayer is front and center no matter what the circumstances are. And we ask our Lord here, because my calling is to attract people to Christ. My calling is to be 11. In my family, at the festivities I attend, if I'm healthy enough to play sports, at my place of work, when I'm paying for toothpaste, at CVS or Walgreens or wherever we go, Walmart, I'm always 
trying to be 11. But to be 11, I need to transform. I need to show them Christ. I can't show them me. And our Lord says, you can't cut it without prayer. It's one of the first instructions the apostles received. Yeah, you're going to bear fruit. Don't worry about the paganism and the violence and the hedonism and the cynicism and the paganism and the atheism and the agnosticism. I want you to worry about one thing. I want you to be worried about being united to me. And he's implying having talent and gifts is dangerous. Why is it dangerous? These are gifts from God. Because we may be deceived into thinking that our talents, our charm, can do something. He says it can't do anything. It mounts to nothing in the work of evangelization unless that charm, that gift, that talent is inspired by a life of Christ. It's all about union with him. And so I need to convert to a certain truth that my prayer life is about my family. It's about my friends. It's about my colleagues. Well, if I miss an act of piety, it's my problem. No, it's not your problem. It's your family's problem and your colleagues' problem and the people at the party's problem, and the people on the sports field's problem. You're depriving them, I'm depriving them of the light of Christ. Because it's Christ who transforms, not me. And when I pray, I open up a duct and let his love flow through. It's not too far off the mark. St. Paul says that the love of God is poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not called to monasticism. We are called to be contemplatives in the middle of the world, and we want to be a little careful with that phrase. It's it's a fine phrase. But we hear it so much, and it could become diluted. Maybe what I need to say, I need to be like those early contemplatives, what they did outside the world, I need to do in the world. And obviously, we need grace of God. We can't think that this is easy. When you're in seclusion and you have this access to chapels and you have this regimented schedule, obviously it's, in a way, it's easier. I've got to do what those saints during the medieval age while I'm working on a computer, while I'm interacting with my family, while I'm walking through the streets, when I'm driving in a traffic jam. I've got to be that contemplative in the middle of the world. The world is a chapel for me. And I need to be a tabernacle in the world. 
an imperfect one, a flawed one, but a tabernacle. The Eucharist is a symbol, and not only a symbol, a reality of evangelization. Human work, which is bread, has been turned into a presence of Christ. We recite in the offertory. I remember, we're going to have a little Spanish lesson in here. Blessed Alvaro talking about our plan of life, that game plan to reflect and participate in the life of Christ. We call it the plan of life. We know what it is, the series of acts of piety that are means to become Christ. St. Josemaria says that you know, the, he does not d- doubt the holiness of a son or daughter of his who has struggled to live that plan of life. Mass, mental prayer, communion, rosary. And Don Alvaro said, and especially applies to Americans, applies to everybody, especially Americans who are a little bit on the legalistic side, law-abiding. He said that uh, fulfillment of the plan of life, he says, we have to be, make sure it is fulfillment. Now, it helps, to, we need the Spanish word here, so we're going to do a little Spanish here. The word fulfillment, at least, the word he used was cumplimiento, which means fulfillment in Spanish. Fulfill these acts of piety. Fulfill the plan of life. But he says, make sure it's cumplimiento and not cumplo y miento. All right? Cumplo means I fulfill. The letter Y means and. And miento means I lie. Okay, so you need a little Spanish here. So he says, make sure it's cumplimiento and not cumplo y miento. I do it, but I really don't. In other words, I get it done. I'm not seriously seeking Christ. I'm fulfilling some pious duty. And I'm not thinking about the apostolate. I'm thinking about getting it done. This is my homework. I'm not seeing my prayer life as a service to others. That's what it is. That's why I want to do it. I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. Because sinful old me, defect riddled me, weak me, can become Christ. Not because of me, but because I'm letting him come into my life. I'm inserting myself into his heart through prayer. Prayer very much in the first place. I recall another blessed Alvaro story that he 
in a get-together, he apologized to us. And he said, uh, my sons, I, I, I apologize if I come across too serious when you see me come in, come, come into the room, or when you see me, when you run into me. He said, I, I apologize for looking serious. Well, no one accused him of looking serious, but he apologized anyway. He says, I, I am paying attention to you, he said. I do like seeing you, but I'm trying to live more presence of God, so maybe that's why I may look serious. And when I see you, I pray for you. I pray to the guardian angel, your guardian angel. So in case that happens, don't think I don't notice you. I'm trying to pray more. And he had a bit of an engineer-esque spiritual life. He got a little frustrated with himself because he was trying to intensify his presence of the Blessed Mother during these Marian years he established. And so he would, you know, some of his day involved a lot of administrative work, so he had a, a pile of papers. And he would have an image of the Blessed Mother, and so when he would grab another piece of paper, he would have to move the image off the top and say an aspiration. And then he got frustrated because he got used to the image and he wouldn't always say an aspiration. He would take it off, get the next paper, work on it. And he said, uh, at first it worked, but then it stopped working. And he was frustrated. He said, wow, why can't I be better? So he devised a system. He said, well, I'm going to have whatever. 10 different images of Mary. And I'm going to put a different one on the top of each page. Uh, on the top of the pile, I'll take one page. I'll take the prayer card off and replace it with a new one. Take that one off and replace it with another one. And he said, and he was really happy. He says, this is working. I'm actually saying an aspiration every time I take that little prayer card off. And I don't... I'm not going to challenge him, maybe he's blessed, but I think that more than, okay, well, that was the trick, that was the technique that got him to pray more, to vary the images. Obviously, that played a role. But I, my belief is that our Lord rewarded him for that effort, that real desire to have more presence of Our Lady. Well, I'll have to go over Martha and Mary in the next meditation. I'm almost over time. If it works, please, let's not look at this as, you know, one more rule. But I would say a good beginning, in, in so far as it's possible, many times it's not possible, family obligations, uh, need to arrive at work at... Uh, an ungodly hour, 
uh, a lot on our plate. You know, we're in the middle of the world. We're not out of the world. So we have, the plan of life has to fit like a glove. And many times the car or the train or the bus or the street are the oratory or are the chapel. But in so far as it's possible, we want to abide by the law of befores. Mental prayer or meditation, or for you, for you church historians, Lexio Divina, Before anything else, we always, we have that experience. Uh, well, I didn't get to the prayer because I, you know, I was reading the newspaper, I was checking my email, or I was putting dishes away, what, 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 whatever reason we have it, and then we don't do it, or we're late for it. Before anything else, before the tabernacle, and if possible, before Mass. Why, we, why do we do the mental prayer here before Mass? To get more out of the Mass, to put more into the Mass, to be more prepared for the Mass. And a full Thanksgiving after Mass. We look at the watch, okay, 10 minutes. Well, I can't, i got to rush to work, no problem. I'm saying, in so far as it's possible. Because... The, these acts of piety are the boiler room, the heat source, the light source of being a leaven, being salt, being light. Mary, again, you are cited twice in the Gospel of St. Luke as contemplating your son. We ask you for this favor. Teach me to be a man of prayer a man of contemplation in the middle of the world. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Thank you for listening to the St. Jose Maria Institute podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. For more resources and podcasts like this one, go to stjosemaria.org. That is stjosemaria.org.